This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. The rooster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. Here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. If you need um, mental health assistance, we are providing that. New York City Mayor Adams there speaking after one of over 11,000 illegal migrants sent to New York City from Texas dies by suicide at a New York City shelter. New York's Governor Hochul blasts lenient charges against an axe-wielding man, which allowed him to walk free but stopped short of taking action against the Manhattan DA's soft-on-crime policies. The father of young children drowned allegedly at the hands of their mother on Coney Island speaks out following services for his four-year-old daughter. California's Governor Gavin Newsom expected to announce a White House run after the midterms. New survey out, it finds only 9% of New York City employees have actually returned to in-office work five days a week. An asylum seeker in New York City died by suicide in a city-run shelter Sunday, according to New York City Mayor Eric Adams. The mayor did not name the individual or the shelter and said the city is prohibited by law from sharing additional details. The mayor says asylum seekers have been through traumatic experiences. It's really troubling. And our goal is to just tell those who are going through this traumatic experience that if you need um, mental health assistance, we are providing that. Texas Governor Greg Abbott is busing thousands of migrants from the Texas-Mexico border to Democratic-led sanctuary cities to highlight President Biden's open border policy. Adams on Nightline accused of him of using migrants as political pawns. Adams has pledged to find a shelter for migrants arriving from Texas under the state's right to shelter law. New York's governor, Kathy Hochul, Monday blasting charges against an axe-wielding man who allegedly trashed a lower Manhattan McDonald's after a woman there refused his advances as being too lenient. The governor says she wanted to know why Michael Palacios was charged with offenses that allowed him to automatically be released from custody without bail. The governor said arresting officers and the Manhattan DA's office have the flexibility to upgrade charges from what is recommended. We're actually asking what the thought process was in the decisions that were just made because we have a question about it, because they have the discretion to uh, charge uh, in a different way that would make them bail eligible. In January, Hochul threatened to remove Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg from office amid outrage over his day one memo in which he ordered Manhattan prosecutors to only seek bail and prison sentences in cases involving homicides and other serious crimes. But Hochul quickly walked back that warning and also rebuffed Mayor Adams' request for a special session of the New York State Legislature to consider rolling back bail reform. Funeral services on Monday for one of three young children allegedly drowned by their mother at a Coney Island beach in the middle of the night. 
The children's father, Shamir Small, spoke to reporters following funeral services in Flatlands, Brooklyn, for his four-year-old daughter, Liliana Lily Steven. He spoke to CBS2. Mainly just her wanting to dance. She did ballet, rhythm gymnastics. She was loved by all her family members. Contrary to what happened, she was loved by her mother. I don't care what no one says. She's What she did was monstrous, but she herself is not a monster. The four-year-old and her two brothers, seven-year-old Zachary Murdy and three-month-old Oliver Bondareff, were allegedly drowned by their mother, Erin Murdy, on September 12th. Murdy is awaiting arraignment on murder charges. California's governor, Gavin Newsom, has made up his mind about a potential White House run. Newsom says he is undeniably, unequivocally preparing to seek the Democratic presidential nomination in 2024 if President Joe Biden decides not to run for a second term. He's also vowing to take on VP Kamala Harris, according to a report on Monday. Newsom plans to make an official announcement following the midterm elections once Biden announces But Biden, in an interview on CBS's 60 Minutes Sunday, said it was much too early to declare his intentions to seek a second term. I'm a great respecter of fate. And so what I'm doing is I'm doing my job. I'm going to do that job. And within the time frame that makes sense after this next election cycle here, going into next year, make a judgment of what to do. Newsom is running for re-election against Republican Brian Daly in deep blue California. The incumbent expected to win easily. Well, less than half of all Manhattan workers have returned to in-office work. This is according to a new report by the Partnership for New York City. More than 160 major Manhattan office employers were surveyed with results finding that just 9% of employees are in office five days a week. 49% of office workers are currently at the workplace on an average weekday. Now that is up just 38% in April. Catherine Wilde is president and CEO of the Partnership for New York City. 77% of employers that we survey, big office employers, are telling us that they have moved to a hybrid work model. So you're going to see a large presence of workers in the office Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, Monday and Friday, not so much. And the survey found that 70% of employers intend to keep a hybrid office schedule post-pandemic. President Joe Biden and his administration again appear to be at odds over the country's support for Taiwan as the self-ruling Democratic island faces escalating threats from communist China amid military posturing. During a pre-taped interview on CBS's 60 Minutes, President Biden was asked whether U.S. troops would defend Taiwan if China invades. We agree with what we signed on to a long time ago. And that there's one China policy and Taiwan makes their own judgments about their independence. We are not moving. We're not encouraging their being independent. We're not let that's their decision. But would U.S. forces defend the island? Yes. If, in fact, there was an unprecedented attack. The interview was interrupted with a voiceover saying a White House official said after the interview that U.S. policy has not changed and the government will not officially say whether U.S. troops would intervene in Taiwan, according to the Daily Wire. A Minnesota District Court judge Monday denied MyPillow CEO Mike Lindell's motion to throw out a lawsuit brought by voting technology company Smartmatic. The suit claims that Lindell defamed the voting election technology company by pushing the narrative that the 2020 election was stolen. Smartmatic provided election technology and services to L.A. in the 2020 election. 
alleges in the complaint that both Lindell and MyPillow defamed the voting tech company by falsely promoting the theory that its machines had been hacked or rigged in favor of President Joe Biden. Lindell is a staunch supporter of former President Donald Trump and has falsely maintained since 2020 that Trump won the election over Biden. Lindell said that he would retaliate by bringing a lawsuit against the U.S. government and the FBI. My lawyers and I got together the last couple of days and on Tuesday we're suing the United States government and the FBI. Smartmatic also alleges that Lindell used deceptive trade practices. A complaint is one of a flurry of cases filed following the 2020 election by Smartmatic and Dominion, another voting technology company against Trump allies and media outlets who have spread allegations about the company's voting systems. Well, traffic deaths on U.S. roadways saw a dip in the second quarter of 2022. Now, this marks the first decline since 2020, following seven quarters of increases. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration says there were just over 10,000 highway-related deaths between April and June of this year. That's down nearly 5%. Back in April, New York City Mayor Eric Adams vowed to revamp Vision Zero to combat traffic deaths here in New York City. And we're going to enforce a new traffic rule. Uh, Drivers and cyclists must fully stop at intersections, even if there are not four-way stop signs. The pedestrian... NHTSA projects an estimated 42,915 people died in traffic crashes in 2021 alone. That marks a 16-year high and also marks a 10.5% increase from 2020. The agency says that drivers' behavior changed during the viral pandemic, leading to increases in highway fatalities. Canada's Prime Minister Justin Trudeau facing intense criticism after he was recorded singing a rendition of the Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody following an evening dinner just two days before the state funeral for Queen Elizabeth II and staffers joined in. The Prime Minister of Canada belted out the 1975 hit at an impromptu session in London's swanky Cornathenia Hotel, where suites go for at least $5,000 during an official period of mourning. And the 50-year-old Trudeau was one of many world leaders who traveled to the UK to meet the new monarch, King Charles III, and also pay his respects to the Queen at her elaborate funeral on Monday. Tehran's police chief says the death of a woman in custody for not wearing her hijab was an unfortunate incident that he doesn't want repeated. This woman, 22-year-old Masha Amini, fell into a coma last week. That was hours after being taken into police custody. Witnesses accusing officers of beating the woman. Accusations police deny. Her death sparked deadly protests in the capital and western Iran, where two people were killed in clashes with riot police on Monday. Videos posted on social media appeared to show a crowd throwing stones in the town of Divandera and later running after and coming under fire. Other footage showed protests in the capital where women removed their headscarves and shouted death to the dictator, a chant often used in reference to the Supreme Leader Ayatollah Ali Khamenei. 
At least 27 people were killed when a bus in the southwest China area crashed while transporting them to a COVID-19 quarantine facility. The deaths drew outrage from residents frustrated with China's strict zero COVID-19 policies. The bus overturned on an expressway around 2.40 a.m. on Sunday. That was about two and a half hours after it left Gaiyang, the capital of Gaizu province, for a quarantine hotel. Here's Gaiyang's deputy mayor, Lin Gang. The rescue work at site has completed. Treatment for the injured is underway, and we are looking to properly handle the aftermath of the accident. The cause of the accident is under investigation. In addition to the 27 deaths, 20 others were treated for injuries at a nearby hospital. 77 WABC News Time coming up on 515. And Justin Ellick, you were so quiet coming in, I wasn't even sure you were there. But here you are. Well, Deb, I'm very, yeah, I'm very light on my feet, a former athlete myself. And uh, that's just really the nature of the beast. But I am Justin Ellick. How about that? I am Justin Ellick here with the early news sports update. We will officially have playoff baseball here in New York as the Mets punched their ticket last night with their 7-2 win over the Brewers and their series opener with Milwaukee. The win was not without controversy, though, as stud gunslinger Max Scherzer was on his way to a perfect game and route to his 200th win before being pulled after just six innings with just about 70 pitches on the docket. Obviously, he's coming back off the I.L., but, I mean, come on here. That was really Mets fans' only gripe as Pete Alonso had to put his stamp of approval on the postseason clinching win as well. Again, the one-two. And Alonso tries one deep left field. Forget that. That is way out of here. Pete Alonso crushes one. Number 36 to put the Mets on top, 3 nothing. Oh, yeah, that call courtesy of SMY, the great Gary Cohen. Champagne did indeed pop in the Mets locker room following the game, but the the team understands there is more work to be done. Owner Steve Cohen said following the game, quote, this is just the first step I have, I have expectations. Here was the call that sent the Mets to the playoffs. 2-2. He struck him out, and the ball game is over. For the first time since 2016, the 2022 New York Mets will be going to the postseason. The 10th postseason berth in franchise history. And along the way, Max Scherzer picks up his 200th victory. Uh, again, call courtesy of SNY. Mets, 7.40 p.m. tonight in Milwaukee. That'll be Carlos Carrasco going up, in, going up against Aaron Ashby. Yanks were off. They open the series in Pittsburgh tonight at 7.05 p.m. Nestor Cortez going up against to be decided on the Pittsburgh end. And Monday Night Football, the Eagles... Roll over the Vikings 24-7 in Philly. And the Chiefs, they beat the Chargers 27-24 out in Kansas City. For more sports content, follow 77WABC Sports on Instagram and Twitter. Here with the early news sports update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77WABC. All right, thanks, Justin. Let's head over to Lou Dobbs with your financial report. This is the 77WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. I'm Lou Dobbs. The Fed's September meetings are here. Stocks rebounding ahead of the next rate hike decision. Tesla boosts production in in Shanghai. The Federal Reserve's two-day meeting begins today. Wall Street is expecting a third consecutive 75 basis point rate hike. Fed Chairman Jerome Powell acknowledges that higher interest rates will bring some pain, as he put it. The Fed's next rate hike decision will be announced tomorrow afternoon. Wall Street coming off a winning but volatile session. All three major stock indexes posted gains yesterday. The expansion of Tesla's Shanghai production plant is complete. The company's been ramping up production in China to hit lofty goals for 
two of its biggest sellers, shares of Tesla, higher in extended trading. Two of the biggest names in microchips issued a warning this week. Both Intel and Advanced Micro Devices acknowledge the decline in demand for personal computers and what that could mean for the chip sector. Both Intel and AMD shares lower. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Well, after yesterday's gains, Dow futures in the red this morning. The Dow down 44 points at 31,073, down 0.14%. The S&Ps dropped nine. The Nasdaq's dropped 45 and a half. Gold down a dollar ten an ounce. As for crude oil, it's up 46 cents a barrel at $86.19. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It's the WABC Early News. Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. News time 520. Well, people around the world watching the Queen's funeral yesterday. And here in New York City, many people were up early glued to the TV. Here's 77 WABC's Bob Brown. The Queen's funeral was like no other funeral, a once-in-a-lifetime event, something you just had to see no matter how you feel about the monarch. Did it get to you? Was it very emotional? Yeah, a little bit, but not too much. I mean, if you, it's, it's a, I think it's really when you're not, when you're, when you don't have a monarchy in your country. So it's hard for me to relate to that. You know? Very somber. Very, very, very. Uh, it was, it was, it was a conclusion of a very historic era in our, in, in our time period. In Lower Manhattan, Bob Brown for the 77 WABC Early Morning News. Well, the man accused of going on that axe-wielding rampage at a Lower East Side McDonald's told the New York Post on Monday that he's not unhinged and just did what anybody else would do in his situation. 31-year-old Michael Palacio said he wielded an axe to scare the McDonald's patrons who punched him during a dispute early Friday. He also shared his philosophy on why he prefers his tomahawk to a gun. I got jump points in Chicago. Okay. I told myself that I'm never gonna let that shit happen again. The average person is trained right. to like take, uh, you know, um, fight off these people. Right. You know, I'm just lucky, I guess, that I drink enough water and I do enough push-ups that I could fend off three young folks. Cell phone footage from the rampage inside the Delancey Street fast food eatery shortly before 2:30 a.m. on Friday shows Palacios trying to. Talk to a woman in the restaurant. An Uber Eats driver who shot the incident on his cell phone said Palacios grew angry when the woman rejected him. But Palacios said that is not how it went down, claiming the violent incident stemmed from an argument with a patron after a security guard at the eatery refused to let him use the bathroom. Well, New York City Mayor Eric Adams, Chief of Staff Frank Carone, is stepping down from his role at City Hall by year's end. And now the Daily News is reporting that top deputy Lorraine Grillo, the first deputy mayor to Adams, will likely follow. The departure of Carone is a major blow to an administration that's still grappling with the crime wave, economic headwinds and hiring difficulties. Crone said he will join the mayor's 2025 re-election campaign after he departs in January. Here's Crone back in July talking about launching the bid for the 2024 DNC. The mayor says often, 
He uses the word often teamwork, and it was exactly that, an incredible effort. There was never any doubt. There was never any hesitation. The team got to work, and, and we, we made it happen. Now we can only hope for the best. Varon said he plans to take a long vacation in January and then travel with his family. The departure first reported by the New York Times. A longtime Brooklyn Democratic Party leader, Crone served as Adams' chief counsel on his transition team last fall. A Brooklyn man arrested for allegedly groping an eight-year-old girl. This happened at Five Below in Sunset Park last week. According to the NYPD, this defendant, 23-year-old Oscar Aguilar Morales, charged with two counts of sex abuse and acting in a manner injurious, injurious to a child less than 17 years of age, according to the NYPD. Morales arrested just three days after this alleged incident. The defendant arraigned Thursday bail set at $50,000 bond. cash, according to public court records. He's due back in court today. Four Nassau County police officers were honored Monday following a scary incident involving alleged gang members. The officers spotted a suspicious vehicle last month during an investigation at the Edgewood Motel in Westbury. And when they stopped the vehicle, police say they noticed a passenger in trouble. Here's Nassau Deputy Commissioner Kevin Smith. Clearly, our officers could see that there was criminal activity afoot. I can't praise them enough for interpreting a serious situation, for taking the appropriate action, and in all likelihood, preventing the victim from losing his life. Officers, well done. Police charged the gang members with multiple felonies, including robbery and kidnapping. Officers Kyle Fagan and John Ingardia, along with Detectives Christopher Ingram and Ryan Hayden, were saluted for their quick heroic actions as the Nassau County Legislature's top cops for September of 2022. Well, home health aides and their advocates are pushing the New York City Council to try and pass legislation that would actually restrict their hours, but the union's pushing back. This bill is sponsored by Councilman Chris Marte. It would limit a home care aide's shift to just 12 hours a day and 60 hours a week, putting an end to 24-hour shifts. Marty said his mother's background working as a 24-hour home care attendant was a driving force behind the legislation. Workers assigned two 24-hour shifts are only paid for 13 hours, according to New York state law, based on eight hours sleep required and three hours for meals. Well, a New Jersey funeral home is facing a lawsuit over allegedly placing the wrong body in a casket. 85-year-old Josephine Strubble died in late December of last year, and her family was horrified when they arrived for services at the F. John Ramsey Funeral Home in Franklin, New Jersey, discovering the woman inside of that casket was not their beloved grandmother. The family's lawyer, Michael Shaw, spoke to ABC7. You add to the equation an unfortunate series of events as a family's preparing to say goodbye to a loved one. Um, that only intensifies the, the heartbreak. The family's lawsuit accuses the funeral home of allegedly mishandling human remains, infliction of emotional distress, tort of outrage, as well as breach of contract. A country singer, Kelsey Ballerini, is giving fans yet another taste of her new album. Here's 77 WABC's Jacqueline Carl with the story.
Chelsea Ballerini is dropping another track from her upcoming album called Subject to Change. The track, If You Go Down, I'm Going Down Too, it tells a story of true friendship. Other songs shared from the album include Heart First, Love is a Cowboy, The Little Things, and What I Have. Subject to Change drops this Friday, September 23rd. For 77 WABC Early News, I'm Jacqueline Carl. And if you missed the top five of five and other news, be sure to check it out on our website, wabcradio.com. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC.